Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to BizBev Pod's bi-weekly quiz where myself and Will Peak Eating Hello. take each other on in a battle of skill, wit, uh, whatever you want to call it, and basically tackle each other on our beverage knowledge. We start with a very hard clue and we finish with a very easy clue and you get more points the earlier you guess. So, Will... Have you been? I, I have been seething for the last fortnight about missing the opportunity to draw level last time with the Bombay Sapphire clues. I, I, I can't believe I didn't get it. It was that you de- you definitely snatched defeat from the jaws of a draw. <laughs> but as I said recently, you were on a fine run of form, so I have high hopes and expectations of you, Foxy. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay humble, uh, stay, stay true to my roots, uh, and I'm going to ask you, Will, if you would like to ask the questions first or answer the questions first. I'll answer the questions first this week, please. Okay, all right. Will, for five points, this beverage was originally sold as a medicinal product, which allowed <laughs> it to skip prohibition rules if you had a doctor's note. Which obviously everybody forged to uh, keep drinking it. Yeah, you know, that's hence the popularity of, of um, having a doctor in the family. Um, okay. So I think there were a couple of these. Uh, I, I know that Underberg, uh, which is one that we've used previously, did this, but you, you didn't know Underberg, and we're not familiar with Underberg, so I, I doubt it's Underberg. Um, so Underberg remained on sale throughout Prohibition, um, even though it was 40-odd percent ABV. I, I'm going to guess... Mm, something different, something equally medicinal. I'm going to say Benedictine. It's not Benedictine. I'm not sure what Benedictine is, but now I'm very intrigued. But uh, the answer to this is not Benedictine. Benedictine is a liqueur. Oh, uh, Save it for a future quiz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, okay. don't give all the clues away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For, for four points, Will, this company measures its sales in shots and grew from 300,000 shots in 2008 to seven point million shots served in twenty twenty two. Seven point million shots. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, we've had Jägermeister before. So Jägermeister is the one that pops immediately into my head, but we've had Jägermeister before. And do Jägermeister measure their sales in cases or shots? So. I'm toying now with Chartreuse and Jägermeister because both of them are, you know, medicinal herbal style uh, liquors, spirits that probably could have escaped prohibition because, to be perfectly honest, people would have looked at it in the 1920s in the uh, US and gone, why would anybody drink this? Um, But on reflection, Did you forget that we did Jägermeister? I, I don't think you would have forgotten. Jägermeister. It's not Jägermeister. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have doubted you, Foxy. I shouldn't have doubted you. Yeah, you're, you're, again, you're on the right track. I love that medicinal, herby shot kind of a flavor, uh, but it's, it's not Jägermeister. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and, to, and to your point of like, you know, people not really enjoying it, uh, this brand kind of owned that people don't really enjoy it, uh, where the bottle at one time boasted the phrase, 
during almost 60 years of American distribution, only one out of 49 men will drink this. Oh. Uh, that gives me no clue. Um, I'm, I'm struggling now. I'm getting further and further away from it. Hmm. So, see, famously unpalatable or difficult to drink drinks uh, that would have that are proud of that fact. Fernet Branca, um, you know, Jägermeister, uh, Chartreuse. uh, mm. Okay, Chartreuse. Uh, it's it's not chartreuse. You, you're absolutely in the right category. Um, I, I did think you'd get it at this stage, but uh, for, for for two points, well, uh, this this is where I think you might bring it home. Its nicknames include revenge shot and the worst booze ever, but it can also be served with a uh, what's called an old style lager, and which is called a Chicago handshake. So old style lager is an actual brand. It's it's not a yes. old time yeah, lager. Chicago Yes, it is. Um, so this served with the Chicago la- Lager is called the Chicago Handshake. So I worked in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. I would know old style. I never remember anybody having a Chicago Handshake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um this is, I, I, I knew you worked in Chicago. This is why I was sure you would... Uh, no, it, it was you, not a thing in Chicago. It. Certainly not in, in the Irish bar I worked in in Chicago. Uh, or Chicago, as we like to say. Um, now, I'm going to struggle here. I'm going to struggle another... Um, and So I, I need to reach around for another herbal digestive-style uh, shot that people would have. I'm going to say Fernet Branca. It's, it's not Fernet Branca. Yeah, I'm, so, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Okay, one, one point. Well, um, again, Chicago. We're we're focusing on that. Uh, this is a Chicago style take on a Swedish wormwood based spirit, which is called Best Brenvin. But if I was you, I would focus on the Swedish wormwood based spirit. So that's like an aquavit. Um. Do I remember any Chicago aquavits? I'm thinking that you think that Chicago is overflowing with this stuff when I can assure you that it's not. (laughs) 7.9 million shots in 2022, Will. 7.9 million shots. Okay, it's a lot of shots. Not that many shots. Like, I... I I've been shut out, you know. Uh, fireball was was my because it's something stupid like that. But that's that's a relatively recent creation and and is just all around awful um, and wouldn't have any history or tradition with it. I don't think so. I I, I shut out. I'm done. All right. Well, the the answer was Jepson's Melort. 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 You you see, uh, like it's so well known. You don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Uh, I was absolutely stunned. You didn't know that from having worked in Chicago. No, like I genuinely, we didn't stock it. I'd never heard of it, never seen it. Uh, I'm gonna have to Google it now. But t- tell tell the folks at home 
what it, what it is. Well, well, it's a Chicago style take on a Swedish wormwood based spirit <laughs> called Brad Vickman. <laughs> uh, so I had planned on asking this in a in a previous quiz and completely forgot about it. And then some film I was watching recently had a scene in front of an illuminated Malort neon sign. And I was like, I do need to uh, to bring this back into the quiz. And conveniently, Good Beer Hunting had an article on this very beverage uh, a couple of days ago, uh, which gave me all of these fascinating facts. It is a, like, I would highly, highly, highly recommend if, if you found any of that interesting. This is only scratching the tip of the iceberg on this brand. Uh, the Good Beer Hunting article is well worth five minutes of your time to read it because it is phenomenal. Its uh, production has just been brought back to Chicago after about 30 years of being distilled in either Kentucky or Florida. Um, people really, really don't like it, uh, but yet they, <laughs> they, they still drink it. And it is... <laughs> that growth from 2008 to 2022 is predominantly because there was a parody Melhart social account, which became the official social account. So they didn't do any marketing. They did not do any marketing whatsoever. Uh, and then they discovered that this guy was running fake accounts and selling, you know, merch off the back of it, went <laughs> to meet him with the intention of suing him. And they actually liked them so much. They hired him to be, become the head of marketing. <laughs> Uh, well, it's working because here we are at the other side of the world talking about it. So uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm afraid I was never, ever going to get that because genuinely it hasn't crossed my mind or my path once ever. Oh, well, there you go. But anyway, do do read that article because it is brilliant. Uh, I will do. I will look it up. I love good beer hunting anyway. So uh, fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, I think this is going to be... Uh, a bit of an open oh, goal for you here. What, what, sorry, one other uh, really brilliant fact on it uh, when we were talking about prohibition. Apparently, the inspectors actually tasted it and went, there's absolutely no way anybody would drink this out of choice. <laughs> so it can't possibly be booze. <laughs> oh, yes. And thus a legend was born. Yep. Uh, okay, fantastic. Uh, congratulations. Well done. As I said, open goal for you here. Right, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this a little bit tricky, but not as tricky as your five-point clip. Um, so, in 1967, this brand launched a series of global treasure hunts to find 25 cases of this drink. Um, so, a great marketing stunt. The locations included the North Pole, the Angel Falls, Loch Ness, and Mount Kilimanjaro. In fact, actually, eight cases remain unclaimed to this day. Okay, those are very, very random places. Um, okay, it's 1967. And they're choosing very exotic locations. Um, is there? Did Talisker have something called an Explorers Club or something? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Talisker. It is not Talisker. No, no, I'm afraid it's not. Um, this, um, this brand was founded in. 1858 by a man with the most famous surname in whiskey. Mr. Jemison? <laughs> well, see, there there you go. What is the most famous surname in whiskey? I, I would have said Jemison, but, uh, or, or Walker. Is that because you're Irish? Uh, or Walker would be the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm. This, give me that clue again. Okay. So uh, this product was founded in 1858 by a man with the most famous name, surname 
in whiskey? I, I like. I know this is going to be wrong, but I'm going to go with uh, Johnny Walker Green Label. No, no. Uh, you are absolutely right that it was founded by a man called Mr. Walker, but we're not talking about Johnny Walker. We're talking about something different. So for three points, um, this is manufactured in a distillery that in its country is the only distillery that does not use any malted barley whatsoever. Is it Canadian Club Whiskey? It is Canadian Club Whiskey. Congratulations. Yes, well done. Um, What gave that to you? uh, Because I think I have asked you questions on Canadian Club Whiskey before. And Aaron Walker was the founder. Yep, did obviously skip that one. Did not know about the treasure hunt, but the the barley one was the, the one I think that stood out for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I I obviously just have a terrible memory for what we've actually asked each other over the last two years. Uh, I th- I think there was one about water as well that they they do something specific with water or take it from a specific source, unlike others. Oh, that is ringing a bell now. I can tell you for two points. Uh, that the brand is now owned by a US slash Japanese conglomerate, which is Beam Suntory, um, and is distilled in a distillery which is owned by a French powerhouse, Bernard Ricard, but nobody could ever be in doubt as to where it came from. Oh, those are very good clues. And for one point, it was sold for $14 million in 1926 to a bootlegger who built his business running whiskey in boats across the Detroit River and it is named after its country of origin. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, well, well remembered. So was, was all the treasure claimed in that global treasure hunt? No. Eight cases remain unclaimed. So it ran sort of 60s, 70s, and into the early 1980s. Uh, and in fact, then they, there were nine cases which remained unclaimed, including in places like Loch Ness and Tonga, and it was revived in nineteen. Oh, sorry, in uh, the early two thousand and tens, when they ran a survivor-like reality show based on finding the case that was in Tonga. So then it went from nine cases to being eight cases. But apparently now those eight cases are likely lost forever. Wow. So along with the Loch Ness Monster, there's a case of whiskey down there. If you can prove the existence of each, you're, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I read an article about it that said, uh, interviewed a local man who had been looking for it. And when asked if uh, had Nessie drunk the Canadian club, uh, he replied without batting an eyelid, no, no, he prefers single malt scot. Well played, Scottish tourist board. <laughs> so congratulations um can you please give me the name of the stuff that i didn't get again so i can go look up this uh goodwill hunting or sorry good beer hunting article yes it's a uh, jepson's uh j-e-p-p-s-o-n uh malort or malort m-a-l-o dot dot r-t umlat yes uh it was normally in german i'm not entirely sure it's the same in swedish well we're going to go find out because I'm going to go look it up now. Do, Congratulations. Do read, that, do read that article because it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, fair play to you. Um, I don't know where you dug it up, but I'm, I'm delighted. Congratulations. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded 
So we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at BizBevPod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash BizBevPod. I would have been there for a year. Yeah. I would never have gotten there. <laughs> um.